this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Welcome to Unapologetically Bold, I'm Not Sorry For. If you are a person that is tired of apologizing for being you, you know, the human part of you that sometimes feels like it has to be different at home versus work versus play, the human side that just wants to be hot, humble, open, and transparent about your wants, desires, and uniqueness. If you answered yes, this is for you. Join me, Emily Elrod, as I dive into conversations with amazing guests about what they are not sorry for in creative and loving ways. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Unapologetically Bold I'm Not Sorry For. And I am so excited today to have my guest with me, Jeff. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me, Emily. I'm excited to be here. Ah, this is going to be a fun conversation because the little glimpse that I've got to know of you, you're a cool human being. And I'm so excited for my listeners to get to learn more about you and just how your brain works because it's I wish everybody has some of the thought patterns that you do about doing things differently so before we get into it um tell people a little bit about yourself um yeah so my name is Jeff Gargas um I live here in northeast Ohio a little outside a little south of Cleveland I'm a father of two and a husband and uh, as I've thought back, I'm actually a pretty long time entrepreneur at this point, as I continue to make myself feel old, I think I've been starting businesses for about 20 years now. Uh, and, uh, <clears throat> currently operate as the COO. Uh, and I'm one of the co-founders of something called the teach better team, teachbetter.com. And we work with, uh, school teachers, school leaders, school districts to help them teach better. And that there's a lot of ways in which we do that through professional development support, um, we've got a podcast network, we've got a speakers network, we've got a podcast of our own, we've got online courses and we do a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, I get to work with amazing educators every day and try to do whatever we can to help support them. And I get to work with an amazing team of mine, uh, and really just loving life every day, even through the craziness that has been these last eight, nine months. So very, very, uh, blessed, very fortunate. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So I appreciate you coming on because I think what you're going to be talking today is a very important aspect of it. And for the people that are new to the show, just so you know, it's called Unapologetically Bold because our goal is to spread the message of you're a human. You're a human at home versus work versus play. You're a human everywhere. But sometimes we feel like we have to be different. But what if we tapped into that humanity? What if we tapped into it? And I think that leads into what you're not sorry for. So. The name of the show is Unapologetically Bold. Jeff, what are what are you not apologizing for? I'm not sorry for always focusing on helping people. Um, you know, we've we've done that since day one of our company. We're about six years old right now. And uh, to do that and to truly run our business and live our business for the, the purpose of what we're trying to do, which is to help teachers help kids, uh, we've had to be really patient and to focus on that above everything else. We've had to, you know, there's been a lot of people on the way that with, with all good intentions telling us, Hey, you, you know, you need to push for that sale more. You need to go after sale. You need to go get it. Stop doing all that free stuff. Cause eventually like you, you're, you know, you're, you're giving stuff away for free and you're taking yourself out of the equation. And we've had to be really patient with that and really focus on like, this isn't just a tactic for utilizing content marketing and the content ink method or whatever. It's actually how we do things. It's how we're going to run our business. And, and I'm not sorry for that. So that's, 
Oh, I love Sorry. that. <laughs> um, and my listeners may know this. I don't know if you, well, you probably don't, but my season right now is of learning patience. I always joke that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> and, and so I think this flows in well, because the thing is, is what I've always been instructed by some of my great mentors is that you have a minimum of two years of hard work before you can even think about something paying off. If you are going from the aspect of caring for others instead of caring for yourself, you know, and and in like you said, in helping and, and having a mission oriented versus selling and making money. Yes, we want to make money. Let's not like sure. Sure. <laughs> you got a family. We got a family. We want to. But but the patience that comes with it. So for you, I guess my first question is <laughs> patience. Again, as I said, even before this, people don't also know that. I'm on my phone yeah. doing these recordings because patience. <laughs> three computers but did not work. And now I'm on my fourth one. So I have to be patient and I understand this. And this is a lesson that happens daily with me as we'll go probably in later. I have a cow in my bathroom right now. So that's how wow. I, yes. um, Yeah. So it's like, you have to be patient with some things in life and teach, tell people about that, like how patience does pay off. And even when other people are yelling, whenever you know in your gut, it's right. I, I think it pays off because when you do get there then and you do find the success and the sales do come, you can look back and say, like, not only are we here, not only are we seeing success and further in a mission, but we did it the right way. Uh, and you're building the right thing. For us, our patience has really paid off. A, a huge example has actually been our shift through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, <clears throat> in you know in March, April, like K-12 schools shut down all across the country. That's who we service. Uh, and, and when they shut down, so does all their training and their professional development, which is what we do. Uh, and a lot of people that do similar stuff to what we do really started tripling down, really started chasing all the, any warm leads they had, all these things and really do that. And we've seen, unfortunately, a lot of them not survive the last eight months. We actually, we made a decision. Um, we actually in Chicago when the world was saying like, don't go to Chicago. Uh, Cause like everything was shutting down. We made this decision. We said, okay, we're turning all sales off. Everything's off. We are going 1000% support. We started doing daily uh, drop. We called them daily drop-ins every mo morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. We were live on all our social media, just there to support, not really with a whole lot of agenda, but we started, then we started having people on and guests and we were sharing advice, but really just sharing support of like, Hey, we'll be your constant in a world that's not constant right now. We'll be your, your support piece here. And we did that for I don't know, a couple months. I can't remember how long we actually went. And we were extremely patient in the sense of we didn't, follow up on things we didn't pester leads we didn't chase down contracts that had been sound we lost um instead of three days i received phone calls that led to us losing 23 percent of our projected revenue for this year <clears throat> it be due to the pandemic and as a small mm -hmm. business you know like that's not a percentage you want to lose ever and we lost it and and I'm, if i'm being completely honest in May, I talked to my co-founder, Chad, and I told him, like, we both sat down. I'm like, we need to brush up our resumes because this could be the thing that ruins it, which is a really crazy thing to think of. And unfortunately, a lot of business has succumbed to that. But we were really, really patient. We waited for our audience to tell us they were ready to start talking about 
you know, about instruction again, about advance and how do we do this? And that they wanted to start talking about, okay, how do we prepare for this new year and fall? We have no idea what it's going to look like. Even when we get there, it's probably going to change. Like, what do we do? And we were really, really patient and waited for that to happen. And then we end up having, you know, we're right now rounding out the best year we've ever had, the highest profit margin we've ever had, uh, more clients than we've ever had, or for further in our mission we've ever had. We've doubled the size of our team this this year. Uh, and just having a really great year now because we shifted, because we took that time while we were being patient, we also took that time to adjust how we were going to deliver things to go all virtual, utilizing Zoom and such, how we were going to, we created new uh, services and, and support pieces to support the uh, virtual classroom and or the hybrid classroom or or the in-person classroom that might have to switch to virtual really quickly, right? And all these <laughs> things. And, and so we filled up our July, August, September, we're just packed to the max with with trainings and support sessions and stuff. And so that for me, looking back, like as, as a very uh, real and very close reflection on patients, the patients that we had through March, April, May just has extremely paid off in, in so many different ways. And um, I can go back further. Like just our patients across the last six years have has done that again and again. So it's a big thing. It's actually on another podcast. I can't remember which one it was. Just yesterday I had an interview. I think I said the word patience like five thousand times. So it's really <laughs> that we're there today too. I guess it's my thing right now. So. <laughs> well, it is mine too. So that that works out perfectly. And I think it's so important, especially as I talk about. I'm talking about my generation, but it's also others that our human design is created now for what I say is quick hits. I call I call it the teenage cheerleader. It's the dopamine releases, which are like that rah rah, good job, happy. We got to make you happy really quick, you know. And then we don't get that happiness, and then we got to go back, you know. And so we constantly want these hits of rah rah, like dopamine that happens from it and it's this instant gratification world mm -hmm. that you're living in. but that's also what our kids are being taught there's good and bad from it so yes instant gratification you know that as soon as you do a certain test you get your score you know right away or information i can google something i can get it right away you know literally again talk about the cow last night my cow's sick so we we have a baby cow that I married into a farm and I know nothing about cows other than my husband does. And he's not here right now. So he's at work. He's off. And I use Google last night to say, how do I take care of a baby cow? That's it. And it's in my bathroom because I felt like it was too cold last night. Um, but it's things like that. It's like we the, the technology is great. And we do, we love it, but it's also, there's this double edge that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to helping people versus selling people, what I love is that you already have enough, what is it, the stimulus is, you already have enough coming at you in life as is. Mm -hmm. When it's there to support, like how much difference has your customers, have they said about? the experience in it or I, i'm assuming you probably got a lot of gratitude for you not yelling at them but say hey give me money <laughs> yeah i mean it's yeah i mean absolutely and we've we've always done this but i think it's really been amplified this year 
is, you know, for, for the first, you know, you know, when you get into business, everyone always asks you like, what's your differentiator? What's the thing that makes your business different and all this stuff. And we've had a lot of ideas for that. Well, we really focus on follow-up versus just being like a one-off, you know, training session where we're always available. We're young. So we're agile, blah, 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 blah. I've really realized over the last, you know, eight, nine, whatever months that I, th I think the thing that separates us from so many is, is family. Yeah. And we figured out, we found, we, we, our audience has told us all these little things that we have, whether it's our ambassador program, our, our speakers, our, you know, our mastermind groups that we have, our social media, the, whatever it is, like everything feels like a family and it's always connected. And people look at our team as a family. Like they don't, people don't, they don't love our team because of the grid method, which is one of the big things that we, that we train on or the teach further model, or because we're really great at standards-based grade. And they love us because we feel like family because they feel, they feel welcome. And I think, where that really, really shine was back when we did that, when we when we put on that patience button, when we said, okay, we're not going to sell. We're just going to take care of you the best we can because that's what you did with your family too, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm not even going to uh, pretend like that's what we were thinking then, right? That just was our default to go to our support. But as I've reflected back, I'm like, yeah, because we're just taking care of them. That's our family. And um, that kind of goes back to when, when we created the – we originally started as the grid method. We became teach better because we do so much more than that now. And when we were finding, trying to figure out like what the social media handles were for the brand switch, teach better was taken. So looked and I looked and I said, Oh, well, teach better teams available. And Chad, my, my co-founder had this like uh, moment. We had been locked in a room, our team for like 16 hours for this end of the year meeting or whatever. And, and he goes, yeah, I'm like we're the teach better team, but our entire network is the teach better team. And we were all like, Oh dude, that's deep. <laughs> but that's how we've always acted. And it is like, whether they are like on our website under our team or not, or whatever, like it's, it's one big family, one big team. We're all trying to go to the same goal, which is help impact kids. So I think that really is what really led into that. And just the ability to just say, no, we're just here for you. And when you do that to, for spe more specifically for, you know, administrators and, and leaders in the schools who get a billion emails and phone calls a day for this new tech school, this new curriculum, all this stuff, they go, Oh, you just want to help me like, Oh, okay, cool. So then when they do need something, they say, well, let's call those guys. Cause they didn't sell us anything, you know? So I, I that's for me, that's been a, a big reflection point that, that I'm really, really proud of for our team. So. Yeah. And you being the COO, that's probably everything that's ever countered against what you might have been taught with the money. Um, <laughs> In a lot of ways. Yes. <laughs> I've had some, I, I've had some mentors who have really, who actually really helped them embed that into me, which then allowed me to take it to our team. And, and I really, you know, as I reflect back on conversations that I didn't realize were really impactful, I've been able to realize that like they really are impactful, like, um, and they've all kind of led to this, this whole concept. So. I love it. And it makes me think of, well, there's two things. First, my father, he always taught me that how you care for your people is, will be reflected in your bank account. Mm. Um, and that that's the true measure is how you care and how you love on people. But then the other thing is anytime you get an email from me, it says the kiss of death is to be the genius with 10,000 helpers instead be the genius with 10,000 geniuses. And that's mm. what I hear from you. Like you say in team. And I love the other thing that you pointed out that you waited for your customers to tell you when you're ready. And I actually had a conversation with somebody the other day like, so what are you doing? And, and it felt awkward for me to say, like, I feel like my stuff's stressed to strategy. Like, that's what I do. And, and I'm like, I know if they're stressed, they're not thinking about this. They just want to just, like, find something to decompress, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And so basically I felt like I, I got a little berated because my method was not to their method, you know, um, on go make those sales no matter what. But that's not the people I want. I don't want to do that to people because I wouldn't want that to be done to me. So that's mm -hmm. my, my next question for you is how much has it helped your internal team and the culture that comes with being people focused on helping instead of selling? Oh, it's I mean, it's priceless, I guess, for, for our internal team. So, you know, we have we have the majority of the people on our team are, are teachers. Uh, the majority of them still in the classroom full time that work for us part time. And, you know, it's a it's a it would be very difficult to have all these people jump on with us and tell them, go sell a bunch of teacher stuff because uh, they're teachers. And like they, that's not what we're doing. Right? Or go go sell a bunch of administrator stuff. And they're saying they're going to say, well, I'm a classroom teacher. I'm going to go sell a bunch of administrators. Like what's like that's a weird vibe and stuff. But I and I also believe like if we did that, we wouldn't have the team we have because the team that we have came to us because of what of this. I'm going to go back to like this family atmosphere, this this team atmosphere we have. And so I think internally, that's such a big piece, because when we look at things, when it's, when a question comes up or a concern or, or a challenge in conversation, and we're like, all right, well, which way do we go? We look and we say, OK, well, what what is on the what's the end goal? Well, the end goal is impacting students by impacting teachers. So which decision gets us there not which decision pads the bank account which decision gets us there now don't get me wrong you still have to think about like is that the decision going to bankrupt you obviously right because you need if you have money to go do good you can do more good right but but we always look at like what like why are we why did we come to that conclusion is it because it's the best thing for furthering what we're trying to do or because it's the best thing because i looked at the the cash sheet and it looks worse right now and I, I think our team really appreciates that. We're, we're very transparent with our team. We're very open with our team. They're very aware of things that are going on and how things look. And I think that family atmosphere in there helps us then have them go out and do the same things, which is always putting others first, always looking to, to help first and support first. And uh, we've just found that it comes back around. It takes a while, which is why you have to be patient. But mm -hmm. it does, you know, so... And I love that. And um, and the thing, again, what I'm hearing right now is, is the word patience, which I, I told you, that's my season right now. There's so many things that are happening. Perfect. And I also want to go into this because um, I know that you're about helping people and not selling people. And I know this because the just the time, because I wanted to make yours, I'm not sorry for teaching better. And you're like, no, 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 no. I don't think that's it. Like it's on helping people. Right? And I'm like, oh, okay. But I do want to talk a little bit about the philosophy that you do at Teach Better, because right now, um, you know this, and some of my listeners know this as well, that I am a stay-at-home mom teacher right now. So because, you know, we're kind of on lockdown. Mm -hmm. um, so I have my kids and I've been homeschooling them while still running a business, while still doing podcasts and doing these other things. But the cool thing that I've found is in this season that... I think that some of the things that possibly might be doing may match up with you, like hands on. Literally, the kids are taking care of the cow, <laughs> like their bottle feeding, like these things that you can learn. And my kids are making uh, 3D printing ornaments and writing handwritten notes um, to people right now, like in need. Those are the things that I found have been so different than what 
has been taught at school. So yes, they're still learning reading, writing, and language, but it's just in a, a different way. And if they get it quicker, good. You know, if, if it takes more time, then okay. So I do want, I think it will help people to understand too what you do at Teach Better as well. Well, a big piece of uh, sort of uh, one of the foundations of, of what we believe is you kind of just alluded to it is if they get it quicker, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Um, you know, what we, as far as what we do, you know, we, we work with teachers to help them uh, improve what they're doing. Uh, it's not to fix them because they're not good or anything like that. It's to try to give them, offer them solutions, ideas, tactics, strategies that they can put in place to help them be just a little bit better today than they were yesterday and a little bit better tomorrow than they were today. That's our, our whole thing. And, and when we started this, it started with the, something called the grid method, which is something that my co-founder Chad Ostrowski created. And Chad from day one said, I don't want to walk in a teacher's classroom and tell them they're not teaching right. Cause that's not what this is. He goes, I want to go into classrooms and say, Hey, this helped me teach better. Maybe it can help you if you want. And that's what we've done. And I think because of that, it works that way. You know, the model that we have when we work with a district over multiple years to actually have all their teachers be trained is a very slow dispersal model where we, we start with a small group, we prove the concept, we we test it out, and then it's very optional. It's as they're adding in, and, and it's more about what's the end goal. And if you can do that without without what we're preaching, great, awesome. But if you need some help, that's what we're here for. Uh, as far as the sort of the shift in methodology, a lot of what you touched on is what it is. It's how do we make the content relevant to real life mm. and how do we focus on what we're actually trying to teach them versus the time they spend in seats or in front of a, a computer screen or or the, the amount of work they do. Um, you know, it's no longer, you know, uh, did we did Jeff complete worksheet 2.2? It's did Jeff learn what he was supposed to learn by completing 2.2? And if not, is it because that worksheet's not the best method for Jeff or because he just is confused? And and you touched on it right at the end there is if they learn it quicker, great. If they don't, that's okay too. Because one of the biggest things is, and you know, a big thing that we train on is, is mastery learning. So self-paced learning, students moving at the pace of their understanding, not the pace that we think they should learn. Because if you think about education, it's so weird, the traditional education, think about like when your kids learn to walk, they all walk at different times in different ways, right? But then we put them into school and we're like, oh, you all have to learn this way at this time, this this day in these grades and you move. It doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. And if, if a kid doesn't understand two plus two and we move them on to multiplication, they're probably never going to catch up because that gap's never going to fill. And so focus on it's not about what the kid's doing. It's what's the kid learning? What are they actually mm -hmm. taking away? And so that's one of the big things that we work on, on, on with educators is how do we make sure that we're aligning everything we do in the classroom to the standards that they have to be going after? How are we making it relevant? How are we making it engaging? Uh, and how are we properly assessing their growth and their understanding of the knowledge or their understanding of the content, not the completion of the task? Like, what are we actually getting them there? So those are kind of, that's kind of a broad, quick overview of what, of, of what we really work with. Um, and in the mix of that, there's a whole bunch of little stuff that are little pieces of all of that. So depending on what individual schools and teachers need, we may work on a small piece of that or a bigger piece of that or, or whatever. And that can be anywhere from a 60 to 90 minute session to a one or two day workshop to, you know, a three to five year plan for, you know, a big rollout with the district. Uh, so I hope I that summed it up enough. <laughs> no, I love it. So here's the thing. I want to nerd out a little about bit this for my uh, my audience too because they know how I love how humans work and why I love what you do so much is there's one part of it. It's self 
pace and it's self-mastery. Um, so for any of the work that we do, we base it on Desi and Ryan's, the uh, self-motivation uh, theory. So it's okay. competency, autonomy, relatedness. Competency, you got to give them the, um, got to let them know what you need to know. You got to get some mastery. Uh, you, it has to be relatable. I always joke that some of the stuff that we I've received on like the wellness or safety world would be about snow. Well, I'm in Georgia. Do you know how much snow I've seen in my life? Like yeah. zero. <laughs> that's why when it snows a little bit, you shut down everything, right? <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly. That's all that we know. There's one snowplow for the entire state. I know. My, <laughs> my, my older brother's down in Atlanta. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and you will get bread. All the bread will be gone. And all the bread will be, will be yes, right. All the bread's gone. <laughs> we don't know why yet, but we still do that. But it's competency, autonomy, then relatedness. Like those are the things that we that make things what we found to be successful yeah. and what drives human behavior. And that's kind of what you're doing with the kids. You're giving them the knowledge. You're giving it in in the aspect of you're also doing this with the, uh, your staff or the teachers that you're teaching is if it works, great. It's your choice. You know, you take it, you own it. Because what you own, you will do the best at, you know, and that is so important. And just like you do that with the teachers, the teachers can do that with the kids. And it almost has this multiplying effect that I love, 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 love to see. And um, that's really important, especially for my listeners to get on and to learn in on and get on the the best way that you're going to learn is the best way that you're going to learn. So you need to figure out what way the best way that you're going to learn. And we're all different. We're all humans and you're bringing humanity to yeah. it. That is beyond important um, because what I see is what I say a lot of the times is I wish that the people that I work with were taught some of this stuff at a younger age, that they were taught sooner. And that's why I love, again, the work that you guys are doing It's because it, in essence, you're teaching them at a younger age to to rely on their self, bring and give them confidence. Don't focus on them being a product that they are not a, um, in essence, what you do, you have to do more and do more and do more and do more because that can weigh down on your soul. And especially whenever you're talking about patience, you know, you can get burned out from it. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people do is they're doing everything and they're trying to, switch and do every lever that they can possible and they're absolutely burned out instead of understanding how humans are designed and how we can make the next generation better or how we can make our generation better just one day better so i am like mm, i am so in love with what you're saying and i am Love it. I, I want to clarify that the work that I do, that we do, is to help support the amazing teachers because they're the ones that go and do that for the kids. They're the ones that that make that happen. We're just trying to support them, but uh, but I'm totally with you. It's such an important piece, and we're, we're seeing that shift and all around the country, and it's just awesome. And, and especially when you take in the context of this year, the work that educators are doing right now, and they're still thinking about how do I do this better. When honestly, it's perfectly cool if they're just trying to survive, but they're thinking like, how do I do this better? How do I, and all they're thinking about is how do I do this better for my students? And that's just, it's one of my favorite parts of the job is the fact that educators are just amazing and they want that. They want everything you're just talking about for their students and they're still working in the midst of all of this. They're still working so hard to do that. So a little, little shout out, a little love shout out to, to all those educators because yes, make my um, life better. They do. And I always, I always say that whenever my kids go back to school, 
that um, full time that I am blessed with this group of the school that we do have and that they do. As soon as you walk in the door, it says you are loved, you know, and, and bring that family aspect to it. And I think that continuation of just letting people learn and grow and be amazing human beings, you know. And so I appreciate you so much. So I got a two part final question. First one is people are apologizing for focusing on helping people versus selling people. What would you tell them? Oh, what would I tell them? Um, you got to believe in it, <laughs> which I understand is, is easier said than done. But but I mean, that's that's really like you have to believe in 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 what you are doing and why you're doing those things. And realize that if you believe in it and it is the right thing to do, we always say as teachers, like if you're waking up every day and doing the, the things that you think are the right things to do for your, your students, then you don't have to apologize for anything, even when you fall flat on your face. And so if you're, if you're not, if you're done apologizing for something because you believe in it, you have to believe in it to the point where if someone else criticizes, try to bring it down, like that's not, that's not worthy of stopping you from doing that. So really, really believe in it, reflect and make sure it's what you believe in and then trust your gut and your soul on that. And just don't let them stop you from doing that. Amen. And then final question, if people want to reach out and learn more about you or what you do, um, how can they find you? Uh, yeah. So be our best place to find all, everything we do is at teachbetter.com. Uh, the team is at teach better team on all the social media profiles. I am uh, uh, Twitter is probably the best place to get me. I'm at Jeff Gargas, G A R G A S on Instagram. I'm at underscore Jeff Gargas. And then, I mean, honestly, I love, I mean, communicating and chatting. Anyone can email me anytime Jeff at teachbetter.com, and uh, happy to connect. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much for coming. I on. appreciate you so much. You know that. Thank you. This has been a fun conversation and I'm excited for the listeners to hear in. So until next time, y'all have a blessed one. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Unapologetically Bold. I'm not sorry for if this touched you in any way, please like and subscribe and share with your friends as we continue the message of being unapologetically bold by being hot humans who are humble, open and transparent. See you next time.